2: Good morning, Lee. Hey there, Tara. All right. Well, shocking news from CNN, and I mean it is shocking. If you watch CNN now, if you listen to this show, this is old news yeah, for you.
0: Been there, done that.
2: Um, but this is the part that always happens after the manufactured, engineered narrative, where they, um, you know, lie to you basically on whatever it is that they want to use to control the election whether that's COVID or Russian disinformation, they want to use that to censor people. They lie to you. Our government does on a loop. But then when it's over, this is the part that always surprises me and I can't make heads or tails of. They could just leave it in the history books, all the lies, leave the narrative alone. But they don't. They admit it. They admit they lied. They'll admit whatever they told you on a loop isn't true. I've tried for the longest time to figure out why they do this. The only thing I can come up with is to demoralize those of us who the whole time are like, it's not true. It's not true. I know everybody believes it, but it's not true. They're lying so that we will give up and see that they're always going to give away, get away with it. One of the way, the way they controlled us during COVID. Remember this? Cause I can remember, I mean, anywhere you went, you were getting a COVID death total. Mm-hmm. Anywhere you went. I can remember being in the car with my husband We love to go sometimes and eat at the wonderful Chinese place close to the studio, right? Yeah. Um, That's where we have some of our dates. So as I'm literally going, I'm hearing the death toll. I'm hearing the death toll, toll in the car on the radio. I'm walking into the Chinese place, and there on CNN is the death toll. It was omnipresent. It was constant, and it was terrifying, and it was used to justify the lockdowns, the government power. They were already trying to sell vaccine passports that would track you everywhere you went, Um, And most importantly, it was used to shut down and permanently destroy 96,000 American businesses through the first nine months of the pandemic. I've never been able to find a figure after that. I know it was 96,000 through September. Permanently shut down, never to reopen, destroyed. All because of the death toll and the fear that we would have these overwhelmed ER rooms, right? Right. CNN just admitted 90% of it was fake. 90%. They didn't use the word fake. I just like to break it down in clear terms. They just admitted um, on their site in a post that 90% of those deaths were admitted for something else.
0: And that was the kind of information that would get you banned from social media uh, not too long ago, wasn't it, Tara? I got a
2: strike for it. It's one of the many things I got a strike for. I mean, you go to my 30,000 Strong Facebook page and you'll see almost nobody liking stuff. And the reason for that is you'll also see comments under there like, "Oh, I haven't seen your post in a long time." Yeah, I'm always, I am always censored on Facebook. Um, and and I'll have a day or two where I'll go back up to what I should be getting, and then I'll say something and be busted back down again. What's interesting is that this is Dr. Lena Wen. She was the commentator. She's a medical doctor. She was the commentator for CNN. Their medical analyst throughout COVID. She'd scare the pants off you every time you turned on right. She just admitted in a piece for CNN, quote, 90% of patients diagnosed with COVID are actually in the hospital for some other illness and that it has been that way the whole time. And the reason for that is because the federal government under Trump, not Biden, surprisingly, but under Trump, um, came up with what ended up being incentives. Um, if you had a COVID patient who tested positive, you were going to get thousands of dollars from the federal government. If they were intubated, you would get thousands more. If they died, you'd get thousands more. So these hospitals tested everybody. And she said they even, they tested the people coming in for COVID. They tested people at the morgue. They tested people who arrived in an ambulance dead and died on the way for COVID. And they were in the ambulance on the way because they were in a car accident. They were perfectly fine. That's why they were out driving. So the overcounting here was shocking. The head, the piece if you want to look it up um it said cnn.com we are overcounting covid deaths and hospitalizations that's a problem. She admits this went on the entire time 90% of patients diagnosed with covid are actually in the hospital for some other illness.
0: And see this reminds me of the phrase that you used to talk about during that time are people being admitted/dying of covid? Or being admitted slash dying with COVID. That's the distinction. It is. And,
2: you know, now they're admitting this like, oh, it's no big deal. This is a very, very big deal. Dr. M- Robert Malone, again, the in in one of the, the part of the team that invented the mRNA COVID vaccine, explained this initially and got banned off social media. That was the first thing he got banned for. I got a strike for it. You could not say it. And it was going on the whole time. And I can remember the first light at the end of the tunnel with this was that Kathy Hochul, the Democrat mayor, um, Democrat governor of New York, took office. There was a lot of criticism of New York for their high death rate. She wanted to end it under her term. So she personally calls up hospitals and goes, OK, how many people in your hospital are, are there because of COVID and how many are there with COVID? It was 50 percent. She admitted it. And that was the same time the UK Daily Mail. no. The London Telegraph did the same article. They sent an investigative reporter out to find out. Okay, well, like, how many of these are really COVID deaths? It was fifty percent. That's what they both came up with. Fifty percent. This is the furthest I've ever seen them go to admit ninety percent of those deaths weren't, they weren't caused by COVID. So, all of that terror that people were put through that had a real psychological effect on them was fake.
0: Well, it was more than a psychological effect. It was an economic impact. Yeah. Because of the, the government shutdowns and all the other reactions to it.
2: And again, this is the same pattern. CNN acts like, oh, well, this is only knowable now. We didn't know. But yes, we did. We knew it. I said it at the time. And I can remember the fear I had seeing it on the air because here our corporate policy was unless you had a mainstream media source, you're talking about COVID, you couldn't do it. And I did it anyway. And I was always afraid after those broadcasts when I spoke the truth at the time. So if you're listening to this show, this isn't new. If you're one of your liberal friends, though, reading CNN, they had no idea. This is a bombshell. But this is what we were all saying. And it was easy to know this. It was easy because, you know, when I got the strike for putting it on Facebook um, and I ended up in Facebook jail, all I put up was the CDC's own two-page guide for hospitals for COVID coding. Um, where they were flat out saying, if you don't know if it's COVID, just code it as COVID. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, if um, the person dies, you know, has is, is coming in with something else like heart disease, they're in end stage heart disease, um, you code, it used to be you'd code heart disease number one and COVID number two, you were to code COVID number one and heart disease number two, you were to flip that. That's never been done in medical history before for coding since we've had coding. It was fraud, essentially. The CDC was saying commit fraud, scare the people, uh, jack the death toll. Um, artificially, I put up the CDC's own link to its own website and explained this and got a strike for it and ended up in Facebook jail. That's how outrageous this censorship regime got. But you know what's fascinatingly? I don't know what is up with this last week. They just did it on Russia Collusion too. Yeah. Wall Street Journal, I am no Washington Post just admitted, oh, hey, you know, we told you Russia interfered in, a, in the election on a loop and they spread disinformation. And they targeted voters. That didn't really happen. There's a, you know, a very small number of very highly pro-Trump accounts they claim that saw some Russian propaganda, but it didn't affect the election. And it wasn't even widespread like we told you. Sorry. So basically, Russian disinformation, you know, in affecting our democracy, impacting our democracy, threatening our democracy, fake all of it. Think of the size of the coverage though. Yeah. So two major narratives that governed America and what we thought bite the dust. So next major narrative, whatever it is, whatever the big thing is, just assume they're lying. It's the safest bet. It doesn't matter how ubiquitous it is, how many of your friends believe it, if everybody's saying it, if everybody's running around with a mask again, they're lying. So what are we, we going to do as a society elite? Lurch from fake narrative to fake narrative?
0: Well, that's where we are now.
2: (laughs) It's like, and it's almost like there's a new one of these unveiled, like a new Star Wars movie, like for for every election. And I'm almost sitting here wondering, what's the fake narrative going to be in this election? There's going to be one. There's been one for the last two. And then what? To wait two years and admit, oh, sorry. We got you. It was fake. Can you imagine, I mean, Lee, just how different it would have been back then, how many businesses, including local businesses, saved. The Greenville News did a great story, uh, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago on how many local businesses, you know, went out of business. Can you imagine how different it would have been if they'd told the truth about the death?
0: Look what we did to education, too. I know. You know, there's been study after study after study um, documenting the fact that students— did not progress as they should have over the course of the past two years. Two years. I mean, look at the impact there. Talk about um, outlook for the future.
2: And this, you know what? This coding was done with children, too. God forbid, you know, pediatric cancer, yeah. you test positive for COVID, it's COVID death. No, it's cancer death. But they scared parents to death. They scared school administrators to death. They lied. I mean, they lied bigly. This was the first of their narratives that required everyone's participation in the lie. You either had to change something at work. You had to, you lost your business. Your child was at home. Everybody participated in this lie. And then they so casually admit, oh yeah, our death tolls, they were wrong. You mean the ones that you ran on a loop all day long for months and months and months as news on CNN? Are you kidding me? I don't know you, but I could take a pretty good guess. If you're listening to this show, you're a conscientious person, right? You care about things. You're probably a pretty good parent or a grandparent, right? Like you're the kind of parent you'd you'd never drop your child off 10 a.m. on those places around town. You see those places are like bars. Sometimes they're private bars. They've got bars on the window. Sometimes they're pool halls bars. They're real sketchy places. Can you imagine just picking out a CD bar and dropping your child off at 9, 10 a.m. Or 10 p.m. Sorry, 9, 10 p.m. On a, I don't know, Friday night, picking them up around midnight. Would you do that? Of course you wouldn't. You're a good parent. Your child on Instagram? TikTok? You just did. It is only one step removed from that. Because of what's out there and what's stalking them. And I've dealt with this with with my own kids um i've been shocked my daughter has an instagram account well she had an instagram account it's not on her phone anymore i saw mine she can only log in through my phone and i use it with her because um when she was in middle school i was absolutely shocked and appalled by what was turning up there and it wasn't her fault she didn't attract any of it it says right there on the profile she's in middle school you wouldn't believe the creeps that were showing up trying to talk to her, interested in her, following her. Um, and it was a real eye-opener. And I, I went, you know, this is not, this is not working for me. Um, I'm sorry. So we're, gonna, we take, we're not going to have the account on your phone. We're going to have it only on mine. I'm going to have the passwords. I feel like that's just, you know, what you got to do. And more confirmation of that. Folks, if, if they've got TikTok, if they've got Instagram, they're online and you are not online with them, you can't imagine what's out there and the smut they're getting middle-aged man why are you following my 12 year old around Instagram why are you messaging her you're a creep well creeps it turns out like to follow their victims around on Instagram like Idaho quadruple murder suspect Brian Koberger do you see this oh this is creepy he was following all four of his victims on Instagram because they were all on Instagram and he messaged one of them hey how you doing she didn't respond. People magazine was able to actually get screenshots of this before the Brian Koberger Instagram account was taken down. That's scary. Especially given that Kaylee Con- Goncalves' parents told ABC News that their daughter told them. She felt like she was being stalked. She felt like someone was following around. She had a creepy gut feeling. That's the other thing I am keep teaching my kids right now. That instinct that you have is a gift. Don't brush it away. Embrace it. Especially when it tells you something about somebody that you don't want to hear. That new cool person you just met. that Man, there's so much fun. But that gut feeling says no, 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 no. Listen to that. That is the hardest time to listen to it. When you want to, you, you don't like what it's saying. Listen to that. It is, a, it is a gift. It's an instinct. When it tells you to do or not do something that is not logical, Go with it. The older I get, the more I do. Why'd you do that? Well, it may not seem logical what my gut told me to. Okay. And you start listening to it. It'll get louder. It'll run for your life for you and it'll run it well. The key, I think, and I'd love to hear from those of you who have embraced this. You can text to 71307 or comment on my Rumble channel. It's rumble.com. Tara Servatius. Quite a conversation going on there right now, actually. Have you embraced that inner voice? See, the trick is, it's like a magic power. It really is. My daughter and I talked a lot about this weekend, actually, Actually, with some stuff we had going on. J- just what, what I do, mom, my gut said, follow your gut. Yeah, but somebody else says I should, nope, ignore them, follow your gut. It'll always be right. But the trick is learning to differentiate that gut, which is usually the first voice you hear from what you want to do. Does that make sense? Sometimes if we really want to do something, we'll tell ourselves it's the gut, but you're confusing yourself. No, it's just what you want to do. What does your gut say? Listen to that. Override that part of your mind that says, yeah, but I want to go out tonight though. Yeah, but my gut says I shouldn't. Don't go. My gut says I shouldn't let this really nice, handsome man who's just offered to carry my groceries out to the car for me. I should say no. Man, it'd be nice to date a guy like that. Say no. Follow your gut and stay the heck off Instagram or if you've got a kid I'm telling you it's my family look I can't when they're 18 they do what they want but for now that Instagram account's on my phone not hers not on the boys no TikTok no counts. nope this right here see me right here on Rumble this right here Brian Kohlberger this is what finds you this is one step away this is what tracks you this is what they do You got to watch out. Your kids do not have the filters yet to deal with this. By the way, did you see what um, murder says the Idaho murder suspect said uh, actually wrote? Wow. True psychopath. Look at this. Wrote about having. Can you imagine his family reading this? No emotions or feelings for his own family. He's spent years with them. He's got nothing. I don't know. He's just some people I live with. It's a different kind of mind. It's amazing. It's weird to those of us who aren't in the 1% to 3% of the population that's psychopathic. But it's what's online with the kids.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medellin is the mark of a fighter.
2: Good morning. All right. Does it creep out anybody else? Everybody's really laughing about this over the weekend. Um, does it creep out anybody else that Joe Biden keeps threatening to bomb anyone who takes on the federal government? This is not the first or the second time he's done this. It's the third. And I mean, bomb them with F 15s. The first time I heard this, it shot me. It wasn't from Biden, it was actually from Swalwell. And, you know, I've always... But we've had two major rebellions in this country, right? We had the Revolutionary War and then the Civil War, right? So how did that go? It was like a bunch of guys running around with guns and they're shooting having a fight. That's kind of how I always pictured it would go if it ever came down to it. Guns, right? Rebellion, that sort of thing. It'd be some governor in a suit telling the federal government, you know what, I've got a lot of natural gas under my soil or out in the ocean in front of my state. I'm going to go get that, no matter what the EPA says. Right? And I always thought if it came down to it, it'd be some federal goons coming in with their guns drawn to arrest the governor for defying the federal government. That's sort of how I picture things going. That they've thought this far ahead and would come up with this. I never thought of the idea of like, wow, if a state rebelled, they would be bombed by the federal government. That's never crossed my mind. I don't think that way. But the Democrats do. They keep telling us about these bombers they're going to send. You know, it was funny the first time that Swalwell said it was kind of funny because it was so silly. You're just like, oh, yeah. But, you know, it went through my mind like, wow, I'd never thought about that. I'd never like I'd always thought it would be the way the other rebellions have gone in this country. You know, guns, people fighting, stuff like that. Read about in the history books. By the time they're done writing the history books, it's almost boring, not exciting like it probably was on the ground. And by exciting, I mean like a good movie, right? Colorful, interesting. And here's Joe Biden again. This is the third time he's told us about how he or they is are, are going to bomb people who go against the federal government. Going against the federal government Is your duty as an American. It is what the founders instructed us to do should they ever get out of control and do unconstitutional things. And almost everything our federal government's doing right now is unconstitutional. They do not have the constitutional authority to do it. They don't have the constitutional authority to govern oil drilling in a state. That's silly. They could maybe govern the sale of oil across state lines. You don't have the authority for the education decisions that they make. The Department of Education itself is unconstitutional. So is the EPA. It all is. It's, I mean, it's silly. We're not only going broke. We shouldn't even be legally running these parts of the federal government. There's a lot of reasons to rebel and rebel in a peaceful way. In court, and you know, protest, that kind of thing. But they've already gamed this out. This is top of mind for them. Whenever Joe Biden talks about guns... His automatic response is not just that they are part of the Second Amendment and, and, and something we absolutely have a right to. It's, oh, hey, we'll just respond to that with F-15s. Will you now? I mean, you think that? That's in your head. That is a thing that you think? That's not normal. But he said it again.
0: And ban the number of bullets and go in a the magazine. There's no, no need for any of that. I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. Give me If you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need an R-A-R-15. I'm serious. Think about it.
2: This is the third time he said this. Why don't we just come out and bomb you with some F-15s? Swalwell, if you remember, his reference to the bombers, first of all, our military are not even supposed to operate on our soil. His reference to the bombers was, hey, you know, we're going to send them for people who believe in the Second Amendment. We're going to send them for, you know, these gun owners. I'm like, what? Wow, your mind is gone there? Because mine had never till you just said that. It's just, it's just weird. You just like, would they have an internal secret paper for this? I don't know. Uh, it's coin in nuts, though. Meanwhile, did you hear about this story? this story is a good reminder for us all did you hear about this uh this story um about the the fire and 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 this mom oh, just absolutely heartbreaking um so she and the kids and the dad there's two kids there's a dad um and their house catches fire in the middle of the night um, and she's a she's also a police officer so they, they the parents got you know they're 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 rushing out of the house it's full it's filled with smoke right they got the two kids they think well somewhere between rounding up the kids in the house as it's you know it's midnight house catches fire and exiting the house they lose the six-year-old which you know, I could actually see. Six-year-old is gone. They get outside. This is uh, in Hazlet, New Jersey. They get outside. It's the Montanaro family. And they realize, oh, my God. As soon as they step out, they, they you know, suck in some air. And mom and dad both realize six-year-old's gone. They've got the son out. Um, I'm sorry. They've got the daughter out, the eight-year-old daughter, Elena. But six-year-old Madeline is missing. Mom and dad do what any other mom and dad would do. They charge right back into the house. Um, dad is immediately overwhelmed with smoke he can't breathe he can't see and mom keeps going it's the last time he ever sees her mom and daughter die in the fire so both parents rush back into the house in an attempt to save her from the burning building uh, so it's it's sad it's horribly sad william wants art Morrow, the dad says jackie his wife was a hero when I rushed back into the house for Madeline, I became enveloped with a massive amount of thick, hot, black smoke. Without hesitation, Jackie then charged in with a mother's love and the courage of a police officer, fueling her attempt to save our daughter. But she didn't. You know what this is? This is a good reminder because you know what? They had a fire alarm. It went off. They still ended up engulfed. This this house in flames. Two members of the family and the dog gone. So what can you what can you do? I did a. Interview on this once, and this is what we've taught our kids. Um, in a fire. This is this is what they are to do. And we actually want to we go over this regularly with them. Um, two of the three um have a, you know, a roof jutting out from in front of their room. They are not to try to rescue the others. They are not to go out, they are not to go down the stairs. When that alarm goes out, you lift your window up and you go out. You are only responsible for yourself. That's how we're all getting out of the house. And so we, you know, go over it with them. Let, show me how to open your window. Show me how to do that. Okay, you can open your window. Let's practice that. Okay, good. How do we jump? We jump feet first. It's only, two, it's only two stories. So what do we do in a fire? That alarm goes off. There's a fire. You open your door. There's smoke. It's, what do you do? You go see if everyone's okay? No, you do not. Um, you, you know, what do you, what do you do? You try to save, no, you save yourself. You, you run to the window, you open it, feet first, and you jump out. If the screen's in the way, you can't get it up, something like that, rip it off. You can rip through the screen. That's what you do. So in order to save your family members, you save yourself. It's kind of like the oxygen mask coming down in the airplane, right? You got to put, what do they say? You, you would think, oh, I'm going to put it on my child. No, you put it on yourself first so you can save your child and put their mask on. So just a good reminder for parents here is terrible tragedy. Maybe something can come out of it. Do you have a fire escape plan for your family? Is it a good one? Check with it. Look at the fire department um, website. What's a, good, what's a good escape plan? That is ours. We just went over it again over Christmas. We save ourselves in a fire at night in bed. You know, you are doing what? You are going for your window. You are going out your window yourself. Here is how you open your window. You're going to jump feet first. We'll all make it out if we do that. Um, if we're running around trying to find each other, we're not going to make it out. So, just a good reminder. Go over that with the family. Could save a life. And just terrible tragedy there, but also such a heroic story of a mother love. Good morning. A lot of folks texting in about their family's fire escape plan. Good to have one of those. Text to write, hey, Tira, on the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, which is 71307. Tira is a firefighter and paramedic for over 34 years. I cannot stress enough the importance of working smoke alarms. Aye, aye to that. A fire escape plan and a meeting place outside. Also, many bedroom windows are blocked by furniture or beds blocking the escape path. In addition, I have fought fires in many homes that are, you know, beyond full of stuff that catches fire, which creates limits, access, and egress for um, us to rescue people and fight the fire as well as limits the resident's ability to escape. Thank you. So, yeah, we did that actually over Christmas most recently. And it's interesting, you know, you ask the kids, hey, so in a fire, what do we do? Oh, I try to go find every... No, you don't. Oh, I would try to help, you know, my brother and sister and my kids are very sweet. No, no, you don't. Nope. No, you can help... Us, your parents, and your brothers and sisters the best by getting out. And he just reminded me of something good that I didn't include in that. The, um, the meeting place should be out outside the house. Place that you should go. I actually need to add that for ours. But that's what we've taught them. No, what you are to do, you rescue nobody. You see smoke coming in under the door. You open the door. There's smoke. You turn around. You know, there's a fire. Fire alarm's going off. Whatever the case is. And, and again, you go. You, you make sure that door to your bedroom is closed. Keep it closed. Try to block that smoke off for as long as possible. Close that door. Go right out that window. Feet first. That's important. You got to emphasize that to kids. Feet first, not head first. You go feet first and we meet outside. That's what you do. You don't try to save anyone. You don't try to help anyone. No matter what you hear, you go out that door. I mean, you go out that window and you jump. A little scary, but you'll be fine. Worst case scenario, you break an ankle. No big deal. Uh, It's way better than getting stuck in a fire. So just a good reminder of that, just this terrible tragedy of this mother who's a police officer having to run back in to save her six-year-old. She thought her six-year-old was with her and they had all escaped together. Somewhere along the way, the child got lost. And that's the kind of chaos you can have in a fire. That's why you need a plan. Uh, Texture writes, check out the book, The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. I read that when it came out. Oprah promoted it. And um, I have lived my life according to it and always been rewarded for that following that gut instinct even when it seems like a strange bit of advice from your gut it is exactly what you're discussing so says rick Well, there's a reason for that texter writes, when our three boys were little i had ladders in their rooms and i did drills with them to make sure they could secure it and climb down what a great parent great idea